Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. We'd like to we'd like to welcome Rav Daniel Kailish, and first one thank him very very much for making the trip a long trip from from the states and coming. And um, I want to mention also a very very big thanks to Rabbi Mafsin Shmuel Mafsin, and who together with Bjornis and Hope together organized this trip. And if anybody would like, like to help to give a more support for the trip, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Rabbi Kalish is somebody who is outstanding uh, in the area of chinuch, of educating um, children and students. He is a student of a very, very, very prominent Rosh Hashiva, a pearl, very chash of a yid, very chash of a learned very close with him. It's very close with him. I had the opportunity to hear Rabbi Kalish speak about his Rebbe, the great admiration that he had for him and what he received from him. And um, the most, maybe the most important endeavor in our lives is raising our children, is being mechanech, our children. And especially in these times, much more turbulent times and the world is a turbulent place with many, many outside interferences. So it's more difficult to uh, raise our children and to be mechanech them in, in a wonderful way, in the way of Torah mitzvahs. But, um, you know, Rabbi Shalom doesn't give us a challenge that in the end of the day we can't undertake. And even in the area of Chinuch, but it's necessary for us to seek out as much assistance and advice that we can get. So we have in front of us maybe one of the great, great people in our times and who excel in the area of Chinuch. So thank you for coming and uh, ask Rabbi Kalish to, to address us. Thank you so much to the Rav for your kind words and thank you to the Rav for hosting us. It's interesting, when we landed in South Africa, so we heard that you hear quick things. I don't even know in the airport, we heard the word load sharing and different things. I haven't seen, my wife, we asked each other, have you noticed load share? Neither of us have seen the lights off for a second. I don't know if it's true, not true, or I don't really, not really that curious. All I've seen in South Africa is kindness, is sweetness. Raimovsen, who, 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 who's been part of the last couple of days, the kindness of him, his children, incredible family of givers, of loving people, the ava that pours from them. I've been zeichet to be together, my wife and I, Yabjonis and Hope and his family, remarkable people, a brilliant, sincere, to, to see him, he should be up here to watch his two children, him raise his children and his yachas with his children. My wife and I are talking about it. It's incredible to watch us, Rabbi Yonis and Hope. I think they call him here Rabjanti. I, I won't pronounce it right, so I know him as Yonison. 
but um, incredible human being, the wealth that exists here in South Africa, the wealth of kindness, of sincerity, of a Yishuv Hadas, of a certain Yishuv Hadas, a beautiful, beautiful place. It's been really, really remarkable. I thank everybody on a rainy night for coming out. I really appreciate it. Till now, all South Africa meant I came here. I knew one person. I knew two. I, a second that I found out is living here. And, but I knew Yaakov Koko. And I always, when we were together, I always said, I want to come out to visit. I want to come out to South Africa with you. And Baruch Hashem, here we are. I see the city that produces such a special person. I know as well Reb Tzvi and I, our friends, Reb Tzvi Chaimwitz and I are friends and learned together many, many years ago. So really, I thank everybody's kindness and warmth. My wife and I feel it. I've, I've already like asked my wife, we're talking, when we can, how we can figure out to come back. This is an incredible place. Ashrechim, what you have. I thank everybody for coming out on a rainy night. It sounds like it's not so common that it rains. I'm, from young ages, I like rain. It's a quirk. My father woke me up as a youngster when it was raining and he said it's a beautiful day outside. Whenever it rained, that's what he said. Until today, it's probably a smart investment. There are quite a few rainy days in life. I happen to like rain. Gishmak. If I want to play baseball, I don't want it to rain. But stam rain is gishmak. Wakes you up a little bit. But everybody to come out on a rainy night, I appreciate everybody being here. I want to I wanna do a couple of things. In a couple of minutes, I want to paint. It's interesting how there was like a, a little bit, I told somebody who told somebody who told somebody, like they asked for a name of the speech. I'm not great with that, with names. I like actually sometimes even speaking and feeling what's going on at the time. So to give a name is difficult. But I, I said actually picture perfect parenting and it went out perfect parenting. I actually want to paint the picture with you. So in a few minutes, I'm going to paint. I'm not ready to paint yet. I have to warm up. But in a few minutes, I want to paint with everybody here. I'm going to paint a picture for everybody. We're going to do that in a few minutes. Before I paint, I want to get in the mood. So I want to share the following Torah with everybody here. It says that Yitzchak Avinu loved, loves Esav. Yitzchak loves Esav. Says the Torah, Kitzayid Befiv. Rashi says, Sayyid Befiv, it was, there was trickery. Esav had trickery in his mouth. Esav tricked Yitzchak Avinu. He asked very from questions and, and convinced Yitzchak Avinu to love Esav. That's Sayyid Befiv. The Ishbisar says a pshat that is so profound, it needs a lot of Torah to learn about Tfilah to understand the Ishbisar's pshat. So I would like to talk for a few minutes about prayer. It's a topic that we could spend months, years studying together. We could have chaburas, the kailal, Rabbi Yonason's kailal could study. We could study this topic for years, learn chazal, b'iyun. Tefillah is, is, is a fascinating concept, prayer. And I want to study it for a few minutes so we could understand the Ishbitzer's pshat. In Kitsayid Befiv, why Yitzchak loved Esav, what it means, Kitsayid Befiv. I had a Shaila, it's appropriate Shaila that it's raining. I had a Shaila, and I, I spoke about it earlier. I had a Shaila. We were a bunch of guys in Yeshiva who were going to play softball, a very big softball game. It was a playoff softball game, and the weather was very threatening, it looked like rain. 
I like rain a lot, but not when the guys are playing softball. We need to get in. Hardball is nine innings, softball seven innings. You need an hour and a half, two hours. Two hours, an hour and a half. Depends how good the fielding is. They were good fielders. An hour and a half you need. So we need it not to rain. There was a mincha right before the softball game. And I asked myself, should I dive into Hashem? It shouldn't rain. Prayer. Ask Hashem that it shouldn't rain. Makes sense. The guys need a softball. It's very important. They get their game in. They need their game. It's obvious. Very important. So ask Hashem, no rain. Then I started thinking, but one second, Durham where the yeshiva is, is farmlands. And the farmers are desperate for rain. So what type of selfish guy is Kalish? Asking, our guys need no rain. The whole chevra, they want watermelon, cucumbers, whatever they, they grow, a lot of stuff. I think the biggest farm in the whole Connecticut is next door to the yeshiva. It's the biggest produce, it's next door to the yeshiva. The biggest produce farm in Connecticut. And the Mechotziv Kalish is saying, for seven innings of softball, it shouldn't rain. So maybe I shouldn't have him. But then I remembered the Gemara. In Tainus, on Chavdal Ramad Beis, Reb Hanina ben Dais and Shas, I think every statement in Shas from Hanina ben Dais is about prayer. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think you'll find one statement, I don't think, from Hanina ben Daisa. When I get home, I'll ask somebody to computer it. But I don't think there's a statement in Shas and Rechanina ben Daisa not associated with prayer. Rechanina ben Daisa was traveling on the road and it was raining. And he said to Hashem, the whole world is besimcha, it's raining, it's geshmak. And Chanina is bitzar, I should be in pain, and the rain stopped. He then got home and he said, Chanina is so comfortable, the whole world should be bitzar, there's no rain. And the rain continued. Rebchanina ben Daisen Shas, who teaches us about prayer, all his statements, he's considered the Eved Lufnei Rabbi, the master of prayer. Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai called him the Eved Lufnei Rabbi. His great Rabbi, Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai, had a sick child. He needed somebody to daven. He got a hold of Rebchanina ben Daisa. And Rebchanina ben Daisa prayed selfishly. What's happening? The short of the conversation is pre- all of us have a soul. And our soul is a chelak elikai mimal. That's a pasuk. The Balatanya adds mamish, literally. Chelak elikai, we all have an neshama inside of us. Prayer is bring out your perspective. Bring out tzaddikim who live with their neshama who their whole Ratzayin only is Naiveya from their Neshama, Tzadik Goizeb HaKosh Baruch They say something and it happens, a Pasuk in Eiv. Because it's, a, it's an expression of Ratzayin Hashem. Hashem wants each person's perspective, that's prayer. Bring what you see. God will work it out, you're one piece. He, she, they also have a perspective. Prayer is Hashem wants us. And in Shemei he wants us to bring out. It comes from deep places inside of us. And Reb Chanina ben Daisa is walking, and he says, Hashem, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Stop the rain. That's my perspective. And of course, Reb Chanina ben Daisa, who's selfless, who's, whose life is, he's a soul. Of course, he's a tzaddik. And he brings out his inner Ratzon, which is the Ratzon Hashem coming out.
and the rain and it stops raining. And of course, you should have, and God will figure it out. Your job is the farmers are davening different prayers. God's very capable. But my perspective is I'm close to the guys and I ask Hashem, let them get seven innings in. Let them get seven innings in, seven innings of baseball. They need the game. And prayer is you bring out your perspective into the world. Says the Ishbitzer amazingly that Yitzchak loves Esav. Kitzayid b'fiv doesn't mean Esav fooled Yitzchak. Kitzayid b'fiv means that Yitzchak was trapping Hashem Kaviyachal. Tzayid b'fiv, he was ensnaring. Yitzchak was trapping Hashem. Yitzchak loving Esav is a prayer. You can understand it's a prayer. He wasn't praying, he didn't say anything. He was ensnaring Hashem. By him loving his son. His son is struggling. His son is a Yisrael Mumer, is a Russia. And loving his son, says the Ishpitzer, was Sayyid Bifiv. It was enforcing on Haga, a father loves his son. A father loves his son. It was enforcing that on Haga. It brought that on Haga to the world, Sayyid Bifiv. He brought out an aspect of Ratzon Hashem. His loving his son, his being patient with his son, his being understanding with his son, says the Ishbitzer, is a powerful, powerful prayer. It's a prayer to Hashem. It's a, it brings out a deep inner Ratzon, which in Acts, a Ratzon Hashem. And it caused that Hashem were Hashem's children. And Yitzchak being kind to Esav and loving Esav is a kaveya, a dad loves his son. A father loves his son. The great Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the Mir Rosh Hashiva, he went to pray in a place nobody prays. I don't know anybody here. Did anybody ever pray by Yad Abshalom? I don't think there's a... First of all, I don't know if it has anything to do with Abshalom, but there's a place, Yad Abshalom, a memorial for Abshalom, David HaMelech's wayward son. Nobody that I know of prays there. Except Reb Chaim Shmulavitz, his Talmidim reported that he went there a number of times. And he said to Hashem, Avshalom tried to kill his father and his father after Avshalom's death. And in his lifetime poured love into Avshalom. And he turned to Hashem, Reb Chaim Shmulavitz, and he said, A father loves his son. A father loves his son. A father cares for a son. It's no manipulation. It's not about what he'll be, how he'll grow up. There's an ava to a father to a son. There's a love of a father to a son. And he davened for Klal Yisrael at Yad Shalom. A father loves a son. I once got a call from a man. He said, I'm doing a big ski trip. I'm doing a big ski trip with my son. He said, what should I ask in return? What should I get? It's a big ski trip. I'm going somewhere, Gishmak. What do you think I should ask for in return? It's probably one of the saddest phone calls I ever received in my life. I wanted to go direct to Tisha B'Av. What should I ask for my son? What should I ask? He's your son. That will be, you're asking for everything from God. He's your son. You'll actually hand your son Hashem. You'll hand Klal Yisrael Yeshua's. 
He's your son. What should I ask? Do you have a business arrangement? What should I ask for in return? He's your son. Tell him you love him. Ask for tefillin and you probably won't even get that. Ask for nothing and love him and you'll get God and so will your son. You're a tata. Kitzayid b'fiv says the Ishbitzer. Yitzchak Avinu was kind. Yitzchak loved Esav was a prayer to Hashem, was a bechina, a prayer to Hashem. It enacted, parents love their child. Parents are there for their children. That enacted tremendous rachme shemayim. Tremendous kitzayid b'fiv, a father, a parent, has a tremendous ava for their son. I like to say a chiddush, interesting chiddush. In Shas, it's Reb Meir, who says that we're called Banim Lashem. It's the great Reb Meir, who's, who says in Shas, that Yisrael Afa Pishachotas Banayim. Reb Meir is the one who says that a Yidu sins, but as we're children, Banim Lashem in Kedoshin, a Gemara Kedoshin. That even a child, but a son is a son is a son. And the Bechinas Ab, which we Paskin like. It's relevant to Sugyas, where you lay in the Megillah. We paskin, the Rambam paskins, Yisrael Afel Pishachata Banai. A son is a son, a son, a child. A child is a child is a child. It has nothing to do with their behavior. Irrelevant. Reb Meir in Shas is the one who says this. Do you know where Reb Meir's origin comes from? Who's Reb Meir? Reb Meir is the son of Geirim. Who does Reb Meir come from? Niran Kezar he comes from. He's an anacle of the general in the Roman army, Niran. How did Niran become from? How did he become a Ger? How did a Roman general? So the Gemara in Gittin tells us that he was besieging Yerushalayim. And he shot an arrow to every direction and miraculously it went to Yerushalayim. So Hashem was telling Niran, I want you to attack Yerushalayim. So okay, Niran's told by God himself, the Yidin are sinning, I want the base ministry destroyed. Whatever direction, he shot the arrow, miraculously, Hashem turned it to Yerushalayim. Then he asked the child, tell me what Pasuk you're learning. And the child says to Niran, that whoever starts up with my children is going to get punished. And Niran runs and becomes a ger. A ger tzedek, becomes a tzedek. What made him become a ger? Why did he convert? What was so amazing? What Nirain saw is that we're children of Hashem, that it's not dependent on our behavior. Hashem's angry at his people. Hashem's angry. Any arrow, any direction, he shot the arrow, went to Yerushalayim. But then Hashem says to him, but they're my children. Anybody, I love them. They deserve Einish, but I love them. They're my children. And whoever starts with them, I'm going to punish. I love them. And Niran became a ger. You might be shocked, but the Gemara in Gittin says, you know the anacle of Niran was? Reb Meir. And Reb Meir is the author of the statement that was in his bones. That Yisrael, Afapi Shechata, Banahim, they're my children. It's not dependent on their behavior, they're my children. And it's Reb Meir, the great Reb Meir who comes from Niran, who authored, of course, who authored, who says, who taught us, who brought out to the world. From what his aide saw, he brought out to the world that I love my children. I'd like to paint with the Chevra. I never was very good writer. I'm very self-conscious in my writing. I can't draw a circle for the life of me. 
I think I was meant to be a doctor. My handwriting certainly is the handwriting of a doctor. And so I paint with words. I want to paint a picture of what parenting could be. I'd like to, I'd like just to, together with you, look at a picture of what parenting could be. And I'd like just to share this picture with the Hevra here, with everybody here, all the parents here. I'd like to paint a possibility of parenting, how it can look like. In the form, I'm a very visual learner, so I'd like to just draw a, verb, a, a picture with words, and just so we can observe a picture of what parenting could be. I'm going to base it, I'm going to start with the true story, but then I'm going to end it with what didn't happen. The true story is as follows. The Waterbury Wolfpack are the basketball team of the, of the Masifta. Very good team, Svi. And we make the playoffs, excellent season. We have tough, tough battles. Most teams have seven home games, seven road games. The Warrior, the, the Wolfpack have all 14 on the road. All their games are away. That's the way it had with the only team in Connecticut. Every team's New York, New Jersey. They play every t- game on the road. It's very hard to win games in other people's gymnasiums. The gyms are packed. They're screaming, yelling. And they make the playoffs. It's a playoff game. And my wife and I go to the game. And the gym is packed. The gym had the other team's fans. A couple of hundred people, 250, 300 people. The Waterbury guys, we bust to the game. The bus got lost. It didn't arrive till late in the third quarter. There are four quarters to a basketball game. They drove like four hours. The guys, a couple of hundred guys get off the bus. They drove a lot, four hours. They get three and a half hours. They get to the gym. At that point, the gym is about 550, 600 people, somewhere in that range in the gym. It is loud. Back and forth game, tight game. And there are five seconds left in the game, and Waterbury is down by two points. And my son takes a shot and gets fouled and goes to the foul line. And he gets two free shots from the foul line. He's shooting by the other team's basket. There are kids lined up under the basket screaming. It's a, you can't pick, the sound in that gym is wild, loud. The Waterbury guys are anxious. They came late to a game to lose then. It's like there are 200 guys who just got there, like just the end of the third quarter. It's five seconds left to the game. And he has these free throws. He hits them, overtime, misses, out. The first shot goes in. Now we're at the last shot. He hits this shot. The other, I believe in the other team calls timeout to make it more tense for him. They call a timeout. The gym is raucous. They're going crazy. He misses. They hold the ball. They win. He hits it. It's likely to go to overtime. My, wife's, and my wife and son were saying to him, I did not have any capacity to do anything. The gym, the Waterbury guys are like silenced, nervous. They might have been saying to him, I don't know. My wife sure was. And the other side is screaming and yelling. In the middle of the game, this wasn't then. A guy, my wife is not the biggest basketball fan. I'm like explaining what's happening. A guy called out something very mean from the stands towards my son. My wife so innocently turned around and said, that's my son. And the guy, oh, I'm so sorry. The guy came down from the stands, like apologized. He wasn't like trying to start up with the mom at all. He just wanted his team to win. But... <laughs> But, so the, all this is true, is what happened. And there's now a few seconds left, and he's at the foul line to shoot one shot. 
that he misses, they're knocked out of the playoffs. His whole yeshiva is like, and they didn't get there very early. They traveled far, and he's at the family shop. Till here is exactly, everything's exactly what happened. Now here, if you, I'm drawing the picture, is what I want to describe parenting, what the possibility of a tata and a mama is. Right now. This did not happen. This did not happen. I'm painting a picture. The kid's at the foul line, and he's walking up to shoot the shot, and he looks to the sideline and locks eyes with his father. Now, his father was doubled over and not saying to him, and this did not happen. But this is my picture of the possibility of a father and a mother. The kid looks to the sideline and locks eyes with his father. And they look at each other. They're looking at each other. It's a loud gym. They can't talk. You can't say anything to him, but they just look from, from far and they look at each other, eye to eye, eye boil to eye boil and shake and nod. And the kid nods. And the father has said to his son, I love you. The father has said to his son, you're incredible and you have all the capacity in the world. The father has said to his son, there's nothing you can't do. The father has said to his son, if you miss it, you're still the biggest, you're the greatest. I love you. That lack of eyes and the nod and they look at each other is my picture of what a father and a mother could be for their kid. That picture, that nod, that shake of the head, that is the dream of what a parent could be for their child. The tremendous belief in, I hold of you, I believe in you, I love you. You're capable. Get out there and do... If you miss, I, you're, I'm, I'm crazy about you all the same and shoot some more shots later, play in the next game. I love you. But that locking of the eyes, that locking of the eyes and the mom nods, daddy nods, that is the possibility of parenting that all of us, and that's a painting that I want to share with everybody here in our possibility and what we could be for our children, their lives. That profound I believe in you, that profound I stand behind you, that painting, that picture is like something we can imagine and anybody, all of us know that to get to that picture, there are a lot of steps needed. There's a lot of inner work for ourselves To be such a father, to be such a mother, there's a lot of self-acceptance. To hold of somebody, to support somebody, there needs to be a tr- profound self-acceptance If I don't accept myself, I can't accept somebody else. But if I accept myself profoundly and believe in myself and hold myself with my flaws, with my mistakes, I could be that for my son. I could be that for my daughter. That picture motivates me. That picture tempts me. That's like, ah, I get it. I I believe that's what it means to be a father and mother. That's what it means. It's not new age thinking. Is this like a new age thinking of what parenting? Rashi translates the word av. In Lush and Kaidish, whenever you want to study something, you have to study the word itself. Study what the word means. Everything's contained in the words. English is different than Lush and Kaidish. In English, we call this a floor. This is not a floor. Just when I say floor, both of us picture it's not a floor. It's just a way to have a conversation. That's not a chair. There's nothing about that that's a chair. Just when I say chair, we both picture that. But that is a kisei. 
It's not a way to refer to it. It's a chaf samach aleph. It's a kisei. That's what it is. If you don't know what it's called, then you knew what an aleph meant, a bays, a gimel, dalid. You would see that and you would say, kisei. When it says that Parai didn't know Lushen Kaidash, the man knew Chinese, Japanese, French, Italian, and he couldn't get Lushen Kaidash. My wife's an expert speech therapist. I guarantee she could teach Parai how to say, ki say. I have to ask her how many silver, very easy. Ki say. I had speech defects, I couldn't say hardly a word. The speech therapist, as a youngster, told me, like the amount of words, that she, I don't know, she think she had a student who had so many, and today I could sound pretty clear. Ki say, Pari didn't know Lush and Kodesh. It means he, Pari spoke fluent Hebrew, I assure you, fluent. The man knew Chinese, Japanese, and Spanish, he spoke a fluent Hebrew. But if you don't believe in Hashem, you can't speak Lush and Kodesh. Because if you don't believe in an etzem, then there's no shame or etzem. Kisei is what the thing is. It's, that's the reason in halach, if you read the Megillah in English, you're yaitze. But if you don't understand English, you're not yaitze. Because you didn't say anything, it's gibberish. If you read it in Lashon Kodesh and you don't understand, you're yaitze. Because if you say kisei, you said that, whether you know what you said or not. Because it is a kisei. It's not a chair. Chair is just a way to refer to it. That both you and I think of that. It's not a chair, it is a kisei. So you say the Megillah Lush and Kaidish, you said the Megillah. There's no connection to whether you understand it or not. You said every word of the Megillah. So if you ever want to study things in Lush and Kaidish, always find out the name. That's when you speak to somebody, say their name. When you say somebody's name, you're not just saying a way to refer to them. If you call a nickname, a nickname is like saying chair. Just when you say that, we both know who you're referring to. When you say somebody's Lashon Kaidish name, you just said their essence. I am Daniel Pinchas, not referred to as such. That's who I am. If you want to study me, study the word Daniel, study the word Pinchas, and you've studied me. I am my name, Shema Garam. A name is the person themselves. You say somebody's name is a tremendous connection to a person because you said their essence, you said their name. So if you ever want to study things in the Torah, you always look at what it's called. I'm not a dad. That's just a way to know who to refer to somebody who's a father. I am an av. A dad means he has a child. Av, aleph, bays. An aleph who became a bays. He is an av. That's what he is. He's an av. The translation of av, which we have to find out, what does it mean? To find out anything about parenting, let's translate the word av. The translation of av, Rashi gives us, thankfully, it says that Yosef was an av leparoi, and Rashi says, a friend and an advisor. That's the translation of an av. Rashi and Dvarim, re'acha, your friend, ha'ov kenavshecha, you love like yourself, says Rashi ze'avicha, that's a father. So the translation of a father is a supporter, in achaver upitarim. A friend and an advisor, somebody who's deeply, profoundly connected, Heber, a chaver. That's an av. I think it's, we're, we're all, to me, it's Dvarim Pshutim. This is not said as Chedoshim. We're in a generation that's craving connection. We, many of us come from a generation, a beautiful generation, heroic. Anything we have is from them. 
bigger people than us, but we came from a generation that was about do, accomplish, fight through, push a little harder. That was incredible. They built this. And now we're facing the generation that's feeling, that's connecting, that wants to relate. Just go to Shachmas, be a good boy. I don't get you. I just went. No, they're protesting. No. It's Shabbos. Shabbos, everybody goes, hmm. What's going on? What's happening today? They want to connect emotionally, profoundly. They want to connect to Shabbos. And we're learning as parents to emotionally and profoundly connect and relate. And our children want us and want a connection to us. A subtle and emotional attachment. I know it's pushed away and I know many of our children can't even articulate those. But I just, it's what I've seen. It's what I've discovered. That children want to connect profoundly. How can we connect? We have to lean into our own stories. It's hard for us. Anybody of us could say our own stories. We could say, what do you mean? In first grade, I, I could tell you my... I did not know my story till a couple of years ago. I could tell you where I went to every grade. That's not my story. My story was how it was hitting me inside. What was I thinking in fourth grade and sixth? How was it hitting me as a people pleaser, youngster? I was getting very good grades, but what was I feeling? What was happening? What's my story? What moved me? How did it hit me? We have to lean into our own stories. We can get to profound places from there. It has helped my prayer. It has helped my Shabbos. It helped my learning. There's not an area I wasn't affected by by dealing with my own children, connecting and relating for my own children and for guys in the yeshiva. And I saw that they were begging for nuanced emotions. I have to lean into my own story and then I can lean into their stories and hear and understand. We get very scared because in a world just produce like... Who's, we're going to raise people that are so uh, deeply connected to Hashem. Tillim is the story of David HaMelech in every situation. Turning fear into prayer. Turning joy into prayer. Turning insecurity into prayer. There's not an emotion you can't find in Tillim. It's all in there. It's all in Torah. Every one of our circumstances is profoundly in Torah. The more I've studied my own feelings, it's opened up svarim that I never looked at when I was younger, and I'm attached to svarim that are, all of a sudden I'm seeing everything's in the Torah, and ideas that were closed to me, because there was a whole world of panemius that was closed to me, is opening up, there's an inner world. It's not an accident that a generation is looking for sisrei Torah. I don't know about everybody here. I could tell you as a youngster, I never heard of Lag Beimer. You played baseball. I didn't know anything more about Lag Beimer. I knew the Chesidish Rebbe down the block. The Sulitza had a little fire with a few men and a few of us snuck there to Epis warm ourselves in his, in his energy. But we didn't know anything about Lag Beimer. Today is there a yeshiva in the world that's not grabbing on the tire of Shirm Bayechai, tire Sanister. The Torah of the person, of Shem Yechai, who taught the world, who taught the world that difficulty and challenges, Ashrecha Sharisani Bikach. Fortunate that you see my challenges, my challenges have created me. Somebody asked me in Chinuch, a Chinuch question, how can I be Mechanech my children if I struggle on a certain matter? 
Because like, can you ask that question again? Yeah. How can I be mechanech my kids? I struggle on this. I said, can I ask you a better question? How can I be mechanech my kids if I don't struggle on that matter? I don't get it. If you don't struggle, you know the Bakr does something and a mechanic says, I can't believe you did that. Okay, so you're out of the game. If you can't believe it, he did it. So I mean, you clearly have not much to talk about. You can't believe he did it. So, I could believe he did it because I'm also human. I also mess up. I very much could believe the guy could do it. Let's talk. Let's talk, fellow humans, let's talk. And I think to understand this is a world of, of challenges, of difficulties, and not to be afraid. And Rav Shem taught the world that difficulties and challenges is what created my beauty. In the Yeshiva Bayas, the national anthem, any time of the year you can get the Yeshiva on fire. There's a line some Yidden say every Friday night. You can, the guys go crazy. It's, it's the words of the Yeshiva. And it's the eulogy said in Reb Shem Bar Yechai and all of Klai Yisrael talks about Lag Baimer. All of Klai Yisrael's into Lag Baimer. And some Yidin every Friday night sing the Bar Yechai, the eulogy for Reb Shem Bar Yechai every Friday night some Yidin sing. And they say the second stanza, the second or third, I believe the second stanza, it's Bar Yechai, Maishav Toiv Yashavta. You dwelled in a very nice place. That doesn't mean this is a nice place. Bar Yechai was sitting in a cave, it was deadly. His body was racked with pain and difficulty. Yet it calls it Maishav Toiv Yashavta. You dwelled in a very nice place. Yoim Nasta, the day you ran away. Yoim Asher Barachta, the day you ran. It's a little repetitious. Nas is when you run and nobody's chasing. Barach, somebody's chasing. The Malbim says, if you look at the Gemara, he ran away twice. When it got worse, he ran even more. So Yoim Nasta, first you ran, but nobody was chasing. But then the Gzeri got heavy. Yoim Asher Barachta. Surim Shalmadita. In the rock cave that you dwelt, there you acquired your beauty. The greatest beauty for a human being is difficulty and challenge. We all have our rock caves, our difficult places. And there and precisely there, we've run into a society for all different reasons, we celebrate perfection and behavior and accomplishment. We forgot about the journey. He, whoa, this is a well-behaved, he's the valedictorian, she's the valedictorian. It's wonderful, she's well-behaved, that's not what's special. I don't think we're hurting the struggling kid. I think our rejection of the struggling kid kills the good kid. That's my opinion. I think we've done tremendous damage to our good kids. Many a family, he's hurting the family, she's killing the home. I think our rejection of the struggler does damage to our good kids. This world, their struggles. Who are we pretending? Who are we faking? Their struggles to be humanists, to have difficulties. There's, it's a beautiful world with challenges for everybody. Our own unique, our son may miss davening. Are we always focused by prayer? We have challenges. And we work on ours and we embrace and we encourage our children to do the same. To have challenges, to be human. Don't hide the idea of challenges. Dangerous, don't tell our don't hide. They're challenges and difficult. That's what it means to be human. The possibility of the human being is to have nisyanis and to overcome. For somebody to ask today, I have 
something that I'm challenged, how can be mechanech my kids? That you're the one to be mechanech your children. You've had challenged. Somebody tells me I'm a balas tshuva. So it's hard for me that my kid is struggling. I gave so much. You're a balas tshuva. You appreciate journey. Ashrecha. Unbelievable. You've journeyed. Beautiful. You're the one who celebrates. You're the first one who appreciates journey. To journey is gorgeous. Now celebrate and share. Lock eyes with your child and celebrate their journey. Encourage. Encourage. Believe in. Watch. Celebrate successes. But we're here, there's struggle in the world. And all of a sudden we have a generation, everybody's celebrating Lag Beimer. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't look, oh, people, they're looking tough. No, we're a holy people. Chas v'shalom, Klal Yisrael's real and deep and we're connected. Why is Kalish? why am I drawn to Reb Shemra Yechai, to Lag Beimer? I know there's something real. Why am I drawn? I, w- I can't, like Ba'aymer is fire. I didn't know what it was when I was a youngster. Like Ba'aymer, I feel something. I experience something. Why? Because we have a generation that's going to a premiumistic place. That's thinking about emotions and deep places within. And there's a tyra called Tyrus Apnemius. A tyra that deals with the inner feelings and the deepest and most inner places of us. That's the, what's happening in the generation. I believe the opportunity in Chinuch today is to lean into our own stories, to feel, to heal, to figure out our own stories in beautiful ways. We'll, not to be afraid, we'll connect deeper to Hashem. Our prayer will go up, our Shabbos will, I see it. And then to lean into our children's stories. That's how I hear it. That's what I'm seeing. I can't prove to anybody, I, we could, we, it's a sogya. That's what it looks like to me is the opportunity of Chinuch today to lean into our own stories profoundly, comfortably, to be aware of our own story, not to be afraid of our own story. Certainly, it was good what we had, the fighting for and pushing through is a wonderful skill, it's amazing. And then we're asked for something else. We're asked for something more. It's, I can't, I, if somebody has a different plan, share it, I want to hear. I'm willing to try it's what I've seen our generation is and is doing. Try a different approach. Somebody asked in Yeshiva, how do you know this is the way? I just care about the guys and this is what I've seen. I'm willing, I'm completely willing for a different approach. It's what, it's, it's, it's what it looks like Hashem wants from us. I see in my own life, in my children's life. And I say to us all the opportunity of Chinuch. All of us who that picture talks to you. The mother, I have seen mothers. I have watched in yeshiva, this, usually the hero of the kid's life is a mother. It's amazing how many mothers come to the kid's basketball games. And the mothers intuitively seem to get it. The mother's there cheering on and encouraging and appreciating and celebrating and very there emotionally with where our children are. As fathers, we want to be there. We want to emotionally. We have an easier ability to escape emotionally. We're good at it. We could escape emotionally. And what do you want? I'm supporting. I'm emotionally to be present. To be present emotionally. We have that possibility. We lean into our own stories comfortably and successfully. And then we lean into our children's stories. Feeling, experience. There's so many expressions of our youth 
It's very interesting. I was talking to Rev Avi. We were talking about things kids say today. It's funny. They say somebody's the goat today. He's the goat. When we were kids, see, people said the goat, it means the guy messed up. In the game, if a guy had a big error, he was the goat of the game. And now guys, Rebbe, you're the goat. Like, I didn't mess up. I, I don't, what, I, what, 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 what did I mess up? Today, it means the greatest of all time. Means, uh, so expressions are interesting. But you can learn a lot from words. Kids today say, Rebbe, do you feel me? Expressions very, very famous and all around. You feel me? I don't know if it's reached out. I don't know. Is that an expression? Do you feel me? Kids are, no? Kids are saying it a lot around today. Do you feel me? And I, 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 love, I like that expression a lot. You feel me? I like that expression a lot. Because I really think that's what's happening. It's, I don't say on every expression you could learn tons, but on this one it's very rampant in America now. Feel? They say, you feel? Feel me? That's how they talk to each other and to people around them. People are asking, do you get what? And there's a, there's a cry out for nuance. Somebody could try a different way and say, I, I don't agree. I'm, come on, let's go. If it works, Ashrechem. I'm just telling you what I, it's just what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is what we need is to lean into our own stories and lean into our children's stories. So I wanted a hazard, the three points that we made. I want to say that any and all patience we have for our children, when we exhibit patience for our children, it's a prayer to Hashem. It's a profound prayer. Parents love their children. It's the deepest prayer of our life. We understood prayer as bringing out our perspective. You're bringing out the most godly side of yourself. That's the most powerful form of prayer. You, it's a tremendous you brought out your own, that comes from Hashem, and you're bringing out godliness to the world. Sayyid Befiv, amazingly powerful prayer. I want to say, if you want to dig in, how do I get more patient? What's the muscle? I watch it. It frustrates me. What's the muscle? Where do you work out? The guys in yeshiva are very into working out, and they have these regiments. 70 guys work out at least an hour a day. So they, they have these, these guys are chiseled, they have good regiments, and they tell me about it. There's bulking and cutting, and there's a whole system how to work out. Uh, Rebbe, it's bulking season, it's cutting season, you have to know what to serve when. The cook has to know. In bulking season, he cooks much more, and then almost nobody's eating. I'm like, what's happening? Oh, it's cutting season, okay? Salads, like, there's rules. So it's very complicated. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I offer the kids food. He's like, it's not bulking season. It's okay. It's not, I know bulking and cutting. I've learned something over the years. But they, they have different workouts for different muscles. What's the workout to have more patience for our children? Where's the workout? We, we're, we're from a generation. Dig deeper. So I'm going to try harder. So where's the try? The try is to accept yourself more. That's the try. The way to have more patience with our kids is more acceptance of self. Call a paisal, if you knock somebody else, it doesn't disclude children. Bimumad paisal, it's our own flaws, we're not accepting. It's the, the muscle to accept our children is greater acceptance of self. It's simple projection, why is it getting us angry? We're a parent, encourage, believe in, but there's something that's triggering. More self, when I'm angry at a child, I ask Daniel, what aren't you happy here with? Calm down, just accept yourself more, you're not always the most on time. 
You miss a tefillah here and there, b'minyan, and you daven after. Accept yourself more. Let's go. You could do it, Daniel. Slowly, you're going to work. We're not perfect. We're human. We're human with human struggle. You work, you accept yourself where you're at. You put in, you appreciate what you're good at. And what you still have work, thank God I'm human. And you work forward. The muscle to accept our choice, more patience is greater self-acceptance. That's the muscle. And remember, when we exercise this muscle, we have to know where to exercise to strengthen the muscle. So we try to be more patient. Try to more, you're just upset at yourself. You're not, you're not even hitting the point. You're working on, your, on this muscle when you're trying to strengthen the leg muscle. You're working on the wrong muscle. So you say, more patience. Why are you getting so upset? Accept here. Accept, accept, accept yourself. Accept better, deeper, more. The more you accept, you have create, you'll find new patience. So Rabbeinu Yoyna, many Rishonim say this, Rabbeinu Yoyna writes on the mission of Ayin Raz, that a bad eye, looking bad at others, is destructive. Rabbeinu Yoyna writes, somebody who's not happy with their own lot. That's Rabbeinu Yoyna writes. It's clear in Rabbeinu Yoyna, what causes us to be sad in others is not self-acceptance. So Rashi, Rashi says by Parai has a dream. And his dream, seven bad-looking cows represent seven years of famine. Why do bad-looking cows represent famine? Says Rashi, when a person doesn't have, he looks bad at his friend. So if the cows look bad, it must be it was famine. They didn't have themselves. That's a sign you don't have. Then you see cows that are bad-looking. If you have, cows look good-looking. So it's a simple recipe. We want to see good in others. The muscle when mechazik is greater self-acceptance. So we work hard. Greater self-accept myself more. I won't passle anybody. I'll see a wonderful person. I'll see a wonderful person. So that's the first thing. It's a trume- if we need motivation, Sayyid Bifib, it's the deepest prayer of our life. Prayer is deep. You're bringing out your soul. You're bringing out your Tzalem Aleikim. The deepest Selim Aleikim inside of us is a father and a mother love their children. You're bringing out your Selim Aleikim. You're, you're bringing, the, it's the most profound prayer of your life. You enact that through Rabbi Nishlam, we may make mistake, but a parent loves a kid. It's the deepest prayer for him. We need a lot of brach in our lives. We need Shaduchim. We need parnasa. We need children. We need health. We have so many things. We have so many needs. So we say more and more to him, the deepest prayer of our life is patience with our children. The deepest prayer. All the tillim is amazing. It's powerful. All the davenings. The deepest prayer. Prayer is bringing out your deepest selim alaykim, your deepest ratzayim. The deepest prayer I can fathom is the Ishbitzer's prayer. Kitzayid b'fivi was trapping Hashem kaviyachal. He was bringing out this profound prayer, a parent is good to their child, a parent's patient with their child, a parent's loving of their child, a parent's accepting of their child. Shem were your children. Tzayyid Bifib, the Ishbitzer, is an amazing prayer. Very deep and profound prayer. I think that prayer, Bismaneinu, when we need so many, we need tefillahs. Our, our nation is thriving, Bar Hashem is large, and Merubansar, there's so many needs. We have needs, a lot of needs. The deepest prayer, tata with your children. And a father is loving and kind and patient with their children. 
Famously, on the Seder night, famously, Rav Levi Yitzchak Barditchev, at the Seder night, famously, the, the Barditchev put his head down before the Manashtana and just started crying. And they all waited. Rav Levi Yitzchak's crying. It's Yantiv, it's a Chiddush. But he wouldn't pick up his head. Five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes, they say, the Barditchev's head was down. He picks up his head and he's crying like a baby. He says, Tata, fear, cashes, four cashes, Tata. I have thousands of cashes, Tata. The year down the block is sick. I don't understand, Tata. I don't understand, Tata. The year down the block is sick. The girl down the block needs a shidduch, Tata. I don't understand, Tata. Give her a shidduch. She's such a good girl. This child next door is struggling. He doesn't have a school. Nobody wants him. He feels invisible. He feels rejected. Tata, I don't understand. He's crying his head off. Tata, I have thousands of caches. He's asking his caches, Tashem, I have so many caches. A yid, Reb Levi Yitzchok, who had Avas Yisrael, who loved every yid, who was the epitome of Reb Meir, Yisrael Afal Pishachata, Yisrael, who loved every yid. He was the prayer, his whole Metzias was such a prayer. That's not a story of Rav Levi Yitzchak. That's the story of Rav Levi Yitzchak. His whole essence was the Ishbitzer's prayer. Tashem is Metzias, was a prayer. Tashem, we're your children, we're your children, Hashem. That was the Metzias. He is one big Kitzayid Befiv. He's a Metzias, a prayer. His song by me is the most holy of holy songs. There are no words to his song. But before I do important activities, I like singing his song. I like before a mitzvah, before his song is holy, he's a mitzvah, and he composed the nig, and I want to tap into that. A person whose mitzvah was Avas Yisrael, whose mitzvah is Banim Lashem, with the children of Hashem. Not negotiable, not changeable, not dependent, not manipulative, a good trick to get good behavior. No, no, no. We're your children, we're your children. So the Ishbitzer's prayer is all of our opportunities of our life. That's our opportunity in Chinuch. We painted a picture together. We painted a picture of that father staring at his son and locking eyes and nodding. And the son getting power from that nod, firing up his child from that nod, that powerful embrace of eyes. I love you. I'm here for you. I believe in you. You're everything. You got it. And if you miss, I love you too. Powerful. That picture of the possibility of parenting and the, the opportunity for us all not to pretend. Life has struggles. Not, not to pretend. We're not asking for perfection. We're asking for work towards, for process, for progress. My favorite item on planet Earth is a ladder. I love ladders because it's all about climbing. It's all the word of Ben Ali, a growing person, is a marvelous term. He's growing. The person's growing. The person's on the way up. You have a person here who's stagnant and a person here who's growing. This person is what the world is. It's not about a rival. Reb Nachman, this was like his... I'm not a bucky in his Torah, but my limited understanding, this was from the Ikarim of his Torah. That it's not about the arrival, it's about the getting there. It's about the striving, the working towards, the growing. Of course we celebrate accomplishment. Of course we're looking, but of course each mesechta we finish, each accomplishment, each arrival is precious. But the struggle. I want to end that Yaakov Avinu has two names. Sarah Shal Esav calls him Yisro, but then the Pasuk right after still calls him Yaakov. 
I want to say Yisrael represents victory. It, it represents victory. Yisrael is fighting and victory. But Yaakov is the struggle. And Lemaise, even after the Sari Shalesa calls him Yisrael, the next Pasa calls Yaakov Inu Yaakov. There's victories to be had for certain, and it's dangerous. I see some people only celebrate struggle as if there's no possibility of victory. I don't like that. They're victories. They're victories to be had. Many, many victories. A life full of victories. But never ever pretend that we're done with the struggle. To be alive is to fight or also have Yaakov. Yaakov and Yisrael. A big Talmud Chachman Eretz Yisrael showed me a pshat that even Yisrael, which is about victory, he should be called Tuchal, not Yisrael. Yisrael is Kisarisa, you fought with the Malach. Tuchal, Yaakov Avinu's name should be Tuchal. This, this Talmud Chacham asked the taxi driver in Eretz Yisrael. So he said, well, there's no such name Tuchal. <laughs> well, if he'd be called Tuchal. Okay. So, <laughs> but it should be Tuchal, not Yisrael. But of course, it celebrates the struggle itself. Kisarisa, you battled. Tuchal and won, but you struggled. And of course, and of course, there are battles. At a Siyam, my Rebbe said a pshat. I love Siyam. Because I like there are victories to be had and we have to celebrate victories. I'm not just making a, a beauty of the struggle and pretending there are no victories. There are many and celebrate victories. But at a seum, which is celebrating a victory, a seum of Mesechta, we say the same way you finish this Mesechta, Kishem Shasiyamti Mesechta Zu, so I should be Zaycha, so I should merit. And you expect the guy to say to finish other Masechtas. The same way I finish this, so I should be Zaycha to finish other. And he throws a curveball. He says, the same way I finish this Masechta, I should be Zaycha to begin and finish other Masechtas. And my Rebbe asks, why did you say to begin? I, the same way I finish this, I should finish other things. <laughs> that you said it all. We don't say, we say, I finish this, I should begin and finish other things. The Yisait is not, we're not people who are about finishing. We celebrate finishing, but we ask for the courage to start. And of course, finish. I should struggle some more. There are more struggles to be had. When people say over the story, I worked this person in Kirv and they became a Baal Tshuva, they speak in Yeshiva sometimes. And the guy became a Baal Tshuva and he's living in Bnei Brak, like, and he has no more Nesiyonis. I like the stories that I was in Bnei Brak struggling. Excellent. This endings come, it's not, it's not over. Wonderful, celebrate, gewaldig, major accomplishments, beautiful, and new challenges. We're not afraid of challenges. There's a world, we embrace a world of the beautiful world, beautiful world opportunities of embracing, of working through. They're difficult, we're human. We're human, they're difficult. Ooh, it's hard. But it's so beautiful, but it's so precious, but it's so human. What an opportunity. Hashem didn't choose the prayer of angels. He wants us. Doesn't want the angels are wonderful, but Kiddush Shemayim is here. The angels are wonderful. It's wonderful what the angels are doing. But Kiddush Shemayim is right by you and I. The angels are angelic. Kiddush Shemayim, the main place on earth of Kvayt Shemayim is us frail humans who struggle and have difficulties. Hashem should be mezaka us all, us all to accept our own self as people who have nesiyonis, 
celebrate our victories that are very possible and probable and will always be. Celebrate and enjoy victories. We're Yisrael, we're capable of victories. We'll always still keep the name Yaakov and we'll never hide the name Yaakov from our kids. We'll never, don't let him see the struggling one. Don't let him see her. Let her see her. She struggles and so do you and I. We embrace, we embrace the difficulties, but we will work. We're going to fight. We're going to work through. We're going to lean into our own journeys more, more exactly, more nuanced. And we're going to lean into our children. What, is, what, are you, what are you experiencing? To lean into what our child's experiencing. All too often we're out of touch with what he's experiencing. What she's going through. What's happening? What, but I, I get you. I feel you. I get you. I really understand. I get how it's hitting you in your class. It doesn't make weak people. We're worried where we come from. Just power through. Oh my goodness. People are going to feel they'll become Tillim. They'll become David HaMelech. It does not create weak people to feel. Create strong people, thorough, deep people. It brings to deeper svarim, to deeper connection to Hashem. It brings to Torah of Reb Shem Bar Yechai, Torah Sanister. So I ask, I, I, I give us a bracha, birchas hadith, but a bracha nonetheless. A yid has the power of bracha. So I give us all a bracha. All of us care so deeply about our, about our families. We wanna, we're here on a rainy night. That itself is a prayer. We want children that are loyalists to you, Hashem. I give us all a bracha. We should be zaych ourselves to accept ourselves and celebrate our own profound loyalty to Hashem. We should have the strength to deal with our own challenges and we should be zaychet to encourage, to be that force, that power, encouraging our children as well to overcome their challenges. Thank you so, so much for having me. I don't, is there time still for some questions? I don't know what time is it to be. What time is it supposed to end? I don't know the rules. Rabbi Yainasan said, Rabbi Yainasan, if there's a question, I love, I love hearing questions. Yeah. I love that question. I was the real reason for questions. We can go to Meyer now. He wanted to know what happened to the second free throw. Obviously, I let questions so somebody would ask that. My son hit it, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> we lost in overtime. That I didn't tell you. <laughs> I thought that would be question too, so I preempted that. I love the question. The question is, our kids have cell phones. This is one of the things that taught me what, I, what I'm saying. This is not coming. Some, how do you know you're right? I've tried things. The only thing that works, I promise you, filters are wonderful. Have them. We have filters in our home for sure. Protection's wonderful. The only thing that works, you could have every filter in the sun, our children could get around them all. Have them anyway. The only thing that works is real connection. The phone is an attempt. It's instead of you. Nothing matches. I don't feel competed with one guy. Connection is much better than fake connection. A hug. Looking in the eyes and knowing this is why it's the only answer. The only answer, you always have to look in any generation... The Gemara Baba Kama says, Be'eshitzata, with fire Hashem destroyed the Beis Amigdash. Be'eshata asad levnaisa, it's that same fire that's going to rebuild it. The klal is you always study the enemy and you find out what we need. Study Haman and you'll learn about Mordechai, he's the foil. 
Always study what's destroying and you'll figure out what's needed to build. What's destroying us today is imitation, connection. Likes, dislikes, people. It's, it's all connection, but a very weak connection. Nothing is like the hug of a father, the kiss, the embrace. However, each one of our kids wants a hug differently. If this one wants an elbow, a slap five, a hug, a kiss, they let us touch them. Touch your child. Nothing competes with real relationship. Nothing. I've watched parents make a connection to the kid. It saves the lives. It doesn't compare, fake, pretend. The world in mass numbers is looking at crazy things on internet. Crazy. Billions of dollar industries disgusting fake imitation connection. So what is that pointing a generation to? Real connection. Fire is destroying. It will be built with fire. The fires of a fake connection, the passion for fake, we're craving, as a human people, we're craving. What exists today is a craving for connection. With fiery connection, beautiful. I've watched parents become close to their kids. I've watched it. I'm not saying anything I haven't seen. I've seen parents in cases where they could give up on it. I was too rough when they were young. I hit when they were young. My kid's mad at me. All different things. People forgave themselves and connected to their children. Deeply, deeply. I'm thinking of a family. My wife and I are close. I, I don't know my life I've seen a family this close. They went through a lot. They're close. They do things. They're steiging as a family. Naira, wild, wild. Madregas, Tata, Mama, the son, the other kids, the impact. They say he's going to hurt my family. This guy damaged his family to such degrees. They're close today. The whole mishpacha. It's wild. They learned relationship and connection. And this is what the possibility, everything points us there. The main thing that points me there is the cell phone. Because no, I just see no filter works. Do the filters. That's not the answer. That's not the answer. All the filters, we have to do it. We have to do it. It's not the answer. The answer is relationship. The answer is a tata's kiss, a mama's hug. The answer is connection. I'm close to you. I'm, I'm bonding with you. Tight. That's the, and, and that's the answer. And then everything that's in us will go to them. That father, what do I get back for my son for the ski trip? I promise he just gives love, pouring. Everything he is goes to his son. The father will get God and so will the kid. He has some business arrangement. You give it. I don't make deals. I don't pay. When people ask guys in yeshiva, they pay them to do this, that. I shudder. Don't pay. They're paying for Torah and mitzvahs. They should pay to do Torah and mitzvahs. I want them relationship and connection to watch guys in yeshiva put on tefillin is it's profound connection. A guy puts on his tefillin. Profound connection. It means something to the guy. His tefillin. His tefillin. If you give relationship to your child, it'll be his tefillin. Give relationship to your daughter, it'll be her neighbors. It'll be precious. It'll be important. Our generation is craving connection. It, it's not anybody, it's not a secret. Look what they're doing. What are they doing in that room? They're trying for connection. They're trying. But it's not connecting. It's not working. It's not, the internet's down at least two hours a day here. It's not working. It's not working. It never does. Give them the real thing. We're not competing with anything. I never felt threatened. Oh my gosh, the guys have... It used to be you had an event in yeshiva that you weren't competing with anything. Today, a guy could be in his room a girl could be in a room 24-7 and have very entertainment, new every day. 
So oh my gosh, we're up against so much. See, you're right. You cannot fight it with fun activities. It's funny that people do activities. Let's go skiing. The kids say, I don't go skiing. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You're like, you're good. Huh. That like, for us, this worked. Our parents took us somewhere, like, and we were there. Today, no, it's fine. Fine. I'm good, ma'am. Six months later, a year, and new stuff every day. New stuff, new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. So what do we do? The only answer is that pretend connection, give real connection. It wins 10 out of 10. It's not the activity. The connection, you don't get a kiss from your phone. You don't have a phone, can't lock eyes. That picture, no phone will ever do. I love you. You're my dream. I value you. I appreciate you. I believe in you. I hold of you. You're, you're amazing, real. I see it. I'm aware of it. No, this, this, this is nothing. It's a joke. A guy comes to the base medrash. A, a bacher asks me, so Rabbi, you give hugs? I was close by Rabbi Simcha Stern said. What's with the hug thing? You never hugged us. I never knew about relationship and connection. I was taught myself by the guys. Connection. Like you see somebody, notice them. Nothing competes with that. Nothing. It's not the event you do. We go skiing. We do this. That's garnished. Garnished. Relationship. Connection. I, that, to, the, to, the, to the secular school system, there are three approaches of answers to the secular school. I don't think the secular school system, in America, it's failing miserably. Kids don't like school, they're not succeeding in school, it's not producing anything. It's teaching information that's outdated and doesn't help. It's, it's, everybody's struggling. What school, what is it doing? Tomah High School is not elementary. Now, I'm not in the teachers here, amazing. I'm going to explain what a teacher could do today. There are three answers to schools. So some people give more fun. That means nothing to me. It's cute. I think people need to have good times. I don't look at school as needing to. So some people in our school, skiing once a week, schmack, more fun. There's a second approach that means a lot to me, is that school taps in. There are more areas that are celebrated. I, that does talk to me a lot. Because typically in the old-fashioned secular school, there's very limited what's celebrated. If a guy's an artist, that doesn't help in school. He's a ball player, maybe it helps by recess at night. I like, Mayor Shapiro believed in this, in the yeshivas, any talent. The guy sings, he sings before shear, during shear, after shear. The Beis Medrash needs singers, the Beis Hamigdash had singers. You draw, the world needs artists. Your art is part, draw pictures of everything and the whole yeshiva will rally around your pictures. Art is important. Yidin always were artists. Write poetry, excellent. Poetry slams, fantastic. I love that. We have contests like that in Yeshiva for big prizes. Whatever talent you have, bring it to the base medrash. There's a place. That I like. School has to get wider, understand more capacity, celebrate more. More people are noticed. That's the second approach. The third approach fires me up most. An education that has to do with relationship. A place that gives healthy connection to role models, to people that are role models about how to live life. Connection, connection. It could be a building of connection. That's modern enough, making schools much more modern, much more relevant. That it's a building that there are relationships there. It's a world of friendship. They actually have a good social life in school. If the teachers are giving off friendship, they're better friends to each other. It's a big part of the building. You walk in there, here is friendship. 
That's a world of Torah, which is a world of Eilam Ayyadidus, of friendship. Here there's relationship. Here people band and connect. That's what I think the new modern school has to be. Here there are friendships, real, authentic connections. That's what I think the new model of schools have to be. I think that's, we're pointed by the phone. The ans- filters are necessary and wonderful, but not the full answer at all. The full answer is a filter plus relationship. Relationship is the deeper answer. That's the much more profound answer, connection, because this can't compete. It melts. It's not no yeah, it's irrelevant. Hundreds of guys put away, broke, their, put it away. You don't make, I don't make any deal. I don't talk about a smartphone issue. I don't care. It's not, I'm not competing. I promise you it doesn't compete with a hug. We're close. The phone? It's like, Rebbe, I'm, I'm looking at stuff. Forget it. Can you take my phone? Get rid of it. Put, can you put a filter on? Sure. You find out a filter, done. Relationship. Give the real thing. Yes? Yeah, I, I want to say that I think 100% relationship and zero comfort. I think, I think that the, the view is that people are lazy today. It's, the outsider, it's an outsider view of what am I seeing. We all went through that stage. Maybe they're just like kids today are lazy. It was our first thought. The problem with that thought of lazy slash comfort is if you see a kid lying and a train track's coming at him fast, and he's lying on the train track, you have very little time to assess. To assume that that person lying on the train track is lazy is probably not the truth. I think it's a bad conclusion. Because even lazy people don't like being run over by a train. So we thought, when we first were seeing what we were seeing, our generation thought they're just being lazy. So we came, what we were came with, come on! Let's go! That's what we did when we were lazy. But then we discovered it didn't work, and the kid was being hit by trains, so we, we left that theory. I don't believe it. To be honest, I think 100% relationship, 0% comfort. I don't think comfort, I just don't think so. Now, all of us were used to comfort. Thank Hashem, Baruch Hashem. We have beautiful families, beautiful homes. I don't think that's the cause. But I, I, somebody could argue it's a personal opinion. I say 100% is that arrogance, say 90%. I, I, don't see it as, I don't see it as relating to comfort. Are people softer today? They're used to more richer. I see the sugar is what I said. I can only go what I see. If it sounds, I don't, I don't look. There's a sugar. We have a lot today. Thank Hashem. I think, I think that was some reaction to what we saw. I don't think it as much connects as much as Hashem changed what we're looking for, he made a world before people were working on that. I think it connects more to what the Nisayan is, but I don't look at it like that. Could somebody say, I, you know, I could just go what I see. Oh, yeah, I think, I would say, I, I'm not sure, that, then I'm not sure the difference, for sure, there's deep, they're accessing, there's, today's a lot of, 
There's a lot of in touch with loneliness, things that we with activity just pushed aside, that people are not just willing to fight through. There's, I'm feeling something. I need, a, I need to feel that. I need to heal that. I need you to know about it, and that solves my... So comfort, for sure, inner comfort, which I connect on. So for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm sorry, for sure. No, for sure. I want to say on that connection, I don't look to balance. It's unconditional love. There's people, the word, I'm always asked about boundaries. Like, where are the boundaries? I don't think it connects. I think people confuse, like, well, unconditional love, but there's some, there's unconditional love. It doesn't have anything to do with any type of, I love my kid, he's my kid. It's not, now there's another sugi. I don't look at like a balance, but I have to balance. Unconditional love, that sugi, there's no, no but to that ever. There's another sugya called, there's, there's a beautiful sugya called boundaries, teachings, and working on stuff. There's such a thing, but I don't think it's a but to unconditional love. I don't look at it that. I think the unconditional love is just true. My kid defies me. Now he's stepped over. The unconditional love is no shaykh, is that love? Yisrael apishachate Yisrael. Now there's something called teachings. They're all different. I think a lot of, our, a lot of mistakes we make is we think the ikr of chenach is the boundaries. Boundaries is one aspect. We'll, I was just mechanic. My, we're mechanic my kid when I give him a hug. I'm mechanic my kid when me and my wife are enjoying a good conversation. The ikar of chinuch is that the home is a happy. I'm mechanic my kid when I walk into the house and I'm a happy man. That's the ikar of chinuch of our children. Boundaries is one piece of an equation that, of course, we teach our kids things. But it's not connected. Love and, now dad's mad. Now dad's angry. God loves you the same before. Abach, I laughed by Baruchim. They assume, like, now he crossed Rebbe. <laughs> that, that, as though, like, we're not in a fight. Now, now I'm there. Now, we do get angry at our kids. We're human. I want parents to get angry at their kid because of any real relationship, you get upset. You just don't need him to or her to apologize. We have, it's codependence when you need the kid to apologize. The adult in the room gets hurt. My kids hurt me because I love them and I'm in a real relationship. And when they define me, I feel, oh my gosh, you didn't listen, I'm insulted. And when they say, Tati, I hate you, I'm like, oh my gosh, she hates me. So we're human, it hurts. But I don't need them to apologize. I happen to have an amazing wife. I'll speak to my wife. I happen to have very good, Baruch Hashem, I have outlets I like doing. I'll go play volleyball. I I have good things and I can heal myself. So the fact that our kids can hurt us is excellent. That means you're a present father. Don't run away from that. But then I don't need them to heal me. I don't need them to say, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm, they're not capable. That's not what a father means. A father doesn't need his son to like heal him. Just I'm a dad. It means I could be hurt 100%. My chinuch will not come anywhere from my hurt. I promise. I love you. I'm hurt right now. We recover. We each have our own ways of healing. And then we could do chinuch. Then we can get back to being mechanech. But the boundaries still use one detail, and it's, somehow we like it. That's chenuch. There's something called boundaries. Actually, there are many teachings. There are many teachings. This is not about, I don't even get fired up how strict, lenient, be very strict. It's not about the sugya, strict. I have a sister who's a disciplinarian. She's an amazing mechanic. 
amazing your kids are, beautiful. It's not connected to the sugya, but it's just not linked. A person could even be tough or strict. It's not really linked to this sugya. So I don't want to say, like, how do you balance? I think there's no balance to the love. Father loves his child, no balance. I, I think you're bringing this out, that besides the love, there's something called boundaries. I think people link because they're upset and they, it likes mimayat from the love, so then he's talking, he's angry. <laughs> See, that, 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 when he breaks the bound, you get mad, not, now you've turned me off. It's, it's, not, it's not what's going on. There's also something called boundaries. You know what I mean? The Ramesha Cordova writes, and there's a chiddush that Hashem's Oyev Risham, he loves Risham. Ramesha Cordova writes it in Taimer Dvaira. It's saying the Ava wasn't totally in that, but now he's a Russia. There are rules, there are boundaries, and there are Inshim, but it has nothing to do with the Ava Sashem. So I don't think it's a checked by boundaries. It's a separate sugya called boundaries, one of the sugyas of parenting. It's, it's funny. I love that you asked that. I said to lean into your story, lean into your kids' stories. So I once said that somewhere. My wife was there, and somebody in the crowd said to me, somebody said to me, could you say that in English, not in Yiddish? Uh, leaning wasn't the Yiddish word, but like they said, say that in English. It's funny, one of the guys in Yeshiva, Bachar, I'm very close to, he said, when you say it to people, they have no idea what you mean. I come from a place, guys know their story detailed detailed. He said that when I came to Yeshiva, you said the words, I have no idea what you mean. And I can't teach it right now. I can't. I could say to anybody here, I can't teach. I, we could talk for hours and hours. And I think each person in our own life has to ask, do I have security? My, I had many walls I put up. A smiley guy, but I had many walls. We all have a lot of things that we just cover up and cover over, and I mean to get in touch with them, really. What, we have times we're angry at our kids and we don't call ourselves out that I need to calm down. So I mean leaning into your stories. Get yourself. How many parents yell at your kids and you just, you just... How many parents yell at their kids just embarrassed from their neighbors? So we have to talk to ourselves. Relax. Think it over. We, leaning into our story means get a hold of what's really happening inside of me. We're so easy at not calling out our own thing that's happening. What's happening inside of me? I met with a chassid shayid. He was like, this is what I learned. Tav Till he learned years. We're close. We have some shaykhs today. Till he learned about his own caste, his own anger. and nothing to do with chinuch. But he didn't know himself. He didn't know his own story. He was raging for years and was called Chinuch. Till he learned about anger and his own disappointments his, and reflection, this Chesid Shayid had he didn't know his story. He had all the Begadim minus the Pneumius. That's an empty shell. What's going on inside? But don't beat yourself up for it. We're human. To know your story, part of that is acceptance of self. It's a little scary in there. But we're beautiful for it. Except, don't worry, we all have things inside. But know it, get it. Get it deeply. Get it, what's happening? Remember my son was a youngster, and I banged my elbow, my funny bone, and then I like said something harsh to him. He said, you just hurt your arm. And I'm like, that's completely accurate. <laughs> I was like, he was right, he was right, I banged my arm. So knowing your story is, but in a deep way, really being in touch. Because we can call many things chenuch, and it was our insecurity. So boundaries, all these things are valuable and precious from a place, from a place of really self-awareness, healthy, 
give really good and accept self. Don't lean in and say, I'm one big fake. Not, we're not fake. We're one big soul. None of us are fake. Soul, 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 soul. We're raging the shamas. To ever judge oneself, I'm fake. I'm just not true. It's not true. We're human with a soul. Big. We're big people. Lean into our story. Get honest at any age. Lean in. Figure out. And then we can lean into our children's stories. So that's what I mean. Akbacher told me that you say it in speeches, nobody knows what you mean. You're wasting your time. Maybe. Maybe. A guy in yeshiva, a very honest kid, who's a shtickle ben bias, my wife and I. I don't know if everybody agrees, he might be right. He says, I used to listen to you say it. I heard shiurim. He said, till two years in yeshiva, I didn't know what you meant. That's fine. I'm fine with that because I think it starts a conversation. See, he might be right. He said, you're going around, lean into your story. He's repeated the exact words. Lean into your story. Lean into, like the Tower of Pizza, that's what a pizza, whatever it's called. <laughs> lean into your story. Like, I hear The guy told me in his speech, a guy said, can you say that in English, not Yiddish? <laughs> he said it all. This Bacher told me that you're saying something we don't know what you mean. He said, I was in yeshiva two years. I know what you mean. He got up in front of 200 guys the last night of yeshiva and in front of 200 people for 40 minutes, he said his story. The entire room was bawling like a baby. In front of 250 people, he said his story. 40 minutes. He said, for two years, I didn't know what you were told. Lean into your story. So it's complicated, but it took, I can't, I don't know, see, I, I want to, I, my wife says I have to work better. My wife said more examples, give more examples. So I gave the one with the anger. It's, it's an endless sugya because the more I started leaning in, I was like, wow, there's a lot of layers here. I didn't know this sugya because I just fought through. That's what I was taught. I love everybody who taught me that, and I needed that. That was wonderful. But I have more rabbeim. Life continues to progress. Your friends are a new generation. The last people weren't chaser. They're the heroes of my life. Anything I have is only on their backs. I don't regret a minute of fighting through. I just have kids today and had to learn something new. We evolve, we learn, and every generation has its challenge. Every generation has its teachings. There's something going on. No, they're always first, my kids, always. They're always first, no balance. My kids first. My kid is first. A guy called me from Eretz Yisrael. He said, I, for eight years, I have a son in my shear. Now, eight years running. So he said, I have a kid in my shear. Do you have advice for having a kid? I'm sorry, I'm not speaking louder. He said, do you have advice for having a son in your shear? So I said, I have one advice. If you bring a donut in, your son gets it first. Bring two donuts, he gets the first two. Three, the first three, four. He goes first. I said, if you have little kid in your shear, so then other, you, it's a sogi of jealousy. Said older kids, I have 18 year olds. If I was an 18 year old, they're very sophisticated. I'd look one thing, how does my Rebbe treat his sons? If I come before his sons, I run. Because my best hope is to become a son. Once I'm, if you ever want to study a community, you never look how they treat guests. I'm not impressed South Africa because they're amazing to me and my wife. I'm impressed because everybody's nice to each other. I'm, I'm not going to be an unsophisticated consumer. To the guest, everybody's nice. What happens when you become a Toshev? 
So always, the kids come first. You're not a real Rebbe. If, if your kids don't come first, I would run from such a Rebbe because the Talmud then, I was, I was with my daughter recently. She was talking to me about different issues and she said, I want to thank you for something. That not a minute in my life did I feel I was ever second, my daughter said. Not a minute in my life. I want to thank you. She's 14. She's more emotionally nuanced than I am right now, but I'm getting there. I'm working. But she said, there's not a minute in my life, and I thank you for that. So that's very important to me. That's, do we ever mess up if we're human? But that, like, that claw is like, that's like, that's like a, has to be that way, your kid first. It has to be. Like, it can't compete. It's always second. Children first, that's a has to be that way. So do you ever mess up yet? You could have a moment, you, you you probably messed it up. I, I, you try not to. You, certainly that's... The, the, every machshava is your children before Talmidim. Your wife and kids before your mission. But we all have a mission, but wife and kids before. The order is wife, children, mission, my needs. That's the order. Sibling rivalry. When, when two kids are fighting, it's not clear who's right. One kid is calling a tie... I love that question. I want to, after this question, I'm asking that we sing something. I don't want to end like heavy. We had, we're going to sing together one song. We'll ask everybody to sing together one song. The question of sibling rivalry is tremendous. And they're, they're in Chinuch, you could speak endlessly. There's so many nuance and detail. What I want to answer to that question is that we, we're machshev, we hold of both. I'm answering a big picture answer, not in the moment, but we hold of all our children. It creates long-term a tremendous unity. I think parents that are into all their kids, there's very little comp- competition to be dad's guy, dad's boy, mom's boy. They're different types of kid. We're mash of each one. They end up relating. I think when we have a spitz, in Yiddish they say a spitz, that is a Yiddish word, not like lean. The, when we have like my type of kid, He's dad's type. He's mom's type. She's mom's type. Then the kids are competing to be that, and then there's a lot of fighting. The fighting of youngsters is excellent. Every kid in the world fights. Healthy, excellent. Only in abusive homes kids don't fight. Any home kids fight, calmly be a referee. You're a referee. It's normal. You know, why can't you be like those kids? Those kids fight too, I promise. Healthy kids fight. So I'm not talking about young. The long term, they'll love each other if you match of all of them. Gam Gam is Gematria 43, Meyav, it comes from the father, which is 43. If the Tata holds a both, if the parent, the mama holds a both, they get along. So I think that's the long-term answer. I'm not answering in the short term. It's valid in the short term what to do. But at least in the long term, the umash of both, I think kids ultimately find a place. The job of a parent is to give a place for every one of our kids. That's the job. It's a bigger sugya, but we give a place. There's a world. I think that's what it means to have a wide house. 
I saw the houses here are beautiful. I love the yards. And it says, I have seen mansions that are tiny, because there's only room for one type of kid. And I have seen apartments that are huge, because there's room for every type of kid in your family. Your house open widely means there's room for different types of kids. Home like that, the kids get along because there was room for them both. If they were competition to be the spitz, kids fight. Who the number one? Who made it? Who's the guy? Let's sing a Varmus song, Tzvi. I asked to, to end with a song. We had Hashem Alirach Nevishua, Dailam doesn't know. What? Zakeni. Great. Well, that was composed by somebody in Waterbury or Baruch Levine. So Tzvi is right. Let's sing the Zakeni. In the You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClellan's on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.